The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is Rondell Moore, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Roster Watch, Roto Underworld here, Alex Dunlap, Trash Man, Cody Carpentier here in Indianapolis in our lovely Airbnb <laughs> right next to Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, just got done with day one at the NFL Combine and wanted to go through some of our thoughts from getting availabilities with a whole ton of these different GMs and coaches and stuff. If you guys in the chat have questions or anything, let us know. Cody will be monitoring that stuff and we will try and get to you on those. But um, any just general first overall thoughts, fellas, from the day? We'll, we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll go through the various questions that we asked some of these GMs and coaches as they relate to fantasy and dynasty and best ball and stuff like that. These people look at us like we're complete psychopaths that we're asking questions about guys like Zach Pascal being a free agent and <laughs> things like this. But, uh, you know, in our deep dynasty league, some of this stuff really does mean something. So um, we'll get to all that, but guys, any general t- you know takeaways from day one? I know Cody, it was your first day going through the hustle and bustle of this. Tra- tra- trash man, I think it was your first time here in Indy too, despite the fact it's our uh, you know it's our eleventh year here as a company. Um, anything you guys want to get off your chest or forever hold your peace before we kind of get into some of the highlights? I mean, it seemed like the coaches. I mean, in uh, GM, they liked the questions that we asked because, you know, maybe took some of the onus off of some of the uh, more general, um, um, you know, questions about, you know, organizational issues um, within their. Well, you have these team reporters that are like hyenas that are just going going after them, you know, asking all the tough questions about, you know, what are you going to do about Carson Wentz? Yeah. What are you like? And, you know, we're just there to say, like, hey, like, you did a good job drafting this dude. Like, is he going to yeah. get more touches <laughs> this next year? Like, so, I mean, I, you know, obviously just a lot to get through with stuff like that. And certainly we'll touch on some of the, like, I think that the, I mean, the Carson Wentz thing was a, awesome. that's a kind of interesting thing anyway. But um, like, maybe, I think my biggest takeaway was exactly what he said was you noticed how, you know, this is my first time, but like, you notice how all of the reporters are talking about, you know, like, you got the Colts. 
Carson Wentz. You got the, the Bucks. It's Brady. Who's the quarterback? And then you come in and it's like Keyshawn Vaughn or or, right. or, or T.Y. Hilton. And it's like they're probably tired of answering those questions about Trask and Brady and Rodgers and, and, and Denver quarterback. And you come in and you talk about Javante and Keyshawn and Michael Pitt. Like those are questions that bring something out of the coach other than your, your, your typical, you know, well, they're not answering those questions anyway. Yeah. It's because it's, it's a real, recycled shit. In any real just, yeah. way. Well, and that's what we learned a long time ago coming here to this thing. you got to phrase your questions in a certain way to be able to get any actionable advice for fantasy. We've been trying to do that. Um, and, you know, I think the first question that I asked, the first question of the day um, to George Payton, the GM of the Denver Broncos, was one that kind of made some sort of headlines around the fantasy space. You know, early, I just asked, like, all right, um, you know, we know Melvin Gordon, you know, clearly he's a free agent. You know, where is the status with him? And then, you know, if he, you know he's not able to be brought back, what does that mean for Javante Williams? Because for Javante, I know that uh, – let me just pull up the dynasty rankings here, player profiler. Yeah, you know, we, we got him ranked at four right now. and Four overall and one, and one quarterback. And you could – and yeah, you could arguably say he could be, he could be higher because he's, he's got a year and a half on, of age on Swift and Harris. And Swift has been there for two years, two years of, of continual output and injury. Harris now new quarter new quarterback. Uh, how's that offense going to look? We asked the question, you know, is this, is this offense going to run through Harris? And they're like, well, we, we just wanted to expand on that. So that's interesting. But again, Javante, it's like there's so much untapped there. What we saw with Melvin, and now imagining like he could. What if Javante got Melvin's work? <laughs> I was say, he could make the case for like he would be the guy that could. Like, that you would could fight you might Taylor. Want, like, you might want to like if you knew that Javante was going to get Melvin's work. And you knew that the offensive line was going to be, you know, healthy coming into yeah. next year and everything like that. I mean, you can make a case to have he, Javante gonna, Williams to start us be like two or three, or maybe not two at this point with Jamar Chase the way he came on, but maybe, you know, maybe it, it, it could be Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, Javante Williams. You could probably you could you could probably justify that. I'm not, I think it feels a little bit like betting on the comb. But anyway, um, so we're so, doing. Well, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll throw this in there just because you mentioned it. We're doing startup drafts, rookie drafts all the time, player profile. You can email me, Cody, at Roto Underworld and get in those. But we just started a startup on Monday, so yesterday, and we're through six picks right now. It was Taylor at 101, Jefferson Chase, and then I took Javante at pick four. And so you took him over Swift and not I, I took him over Swift, and then Swift went the next pick, and then this guy took McCaffrey. But I did talk to Kevin Colbert about yeah. Najee, and – it didn't seem like he was as bullish on him as I imagined that yeah. he would be. Well, let's let, let's talk about Javante first. Okay. Well, I'm because talking here's, about here's Najee the, in context. Kevin, Ke- Ke- context of trash man. Kevin, <laughs> we're talking about Javante Williams. It, to me, it made sense. It was a good segue. Well, but but why why should we segue off Javante? I haven't even told you what he said. I'm just so saying. Here's here's it just here's what it he said. added to the conversation. Javante, we think, is ready to do whatever, the full workload, shared carries, what he said. And listen to – like, and I've, I've wanted to make sure and write this down because I, to me, whenever George Payton was talking about Melvin Gordon, he was talking about this dude, this $8 million running back in the past tense. Yep. He yep. was not talking – so what he said was Melvin was a total pro with Javante, and I know Javante appreciated <laughs> that relationship. So to me, it's like it, it's like, I mean, why would you not say that Javante appreciates that relationship? Or like, you know, he's like, 
Um, and, and that, you know, uh, he says that he's had really good discussions with Melvin and we'd like to have him back. I think you need two or three runners in this league, but we couldn't be more happy with Javante in his first year. So either so, he was being very literal or, you know, he didn't have, he, they don't, have he, an they don't think he's going to come back. Well, it's not that he's going to, I'll bet you he'd come back. He says he wants to come back. I just don't know if you can afford. I don't know if you can, especially you know who. I don't think they can afford that. And depending on what they need, might need to do in free agency a quarterback. You know, it's uh, and you remember Mike Boone is there. Mike Boone got hurt partially through the year, but he's a George Payton guy that came from Minnesota. Minnesota and Boone is nice, and we like we like him. So maybe they just say, you know what, we'll go Javante, we go Mike Boone, and then we'll grab somebody late like a a big bruiser that comes along the fifth, sixth round that you can, you know. Breather back. So with Javante, we have him in a tier for our startup dynasty rankings that, you know, tra- Trash Man and Byron refuse to get him above Najee Harris. I think that there, I yep. think that there's an argument to get him above DeAndre Swift. We haven't gotten quite there yet because we're just being a little bit conservative until we know, you know, to like, until we know. But, you know, we did hear Peyton say that, you know, I think you need two or three runners in this league. Now, with that being said, I mean you can you can be a team like the Colts. You can have two or three runners, and you can still have the Jonathan Taylor. That's just the monster. Javante Williams. We saw what he was able to do. If he if if you were to give him half of Melvin Gordon's volume from this last year, can you just imagine the kind of fantasy asset you have on your hands? So Javante, I'm not really I'm not I'm not worried. Of, you know the 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 part that came out was the part to the, the answer to my question was where he said, like, I've had really good discussions with Melvin and we'd like to have him back. Well, I'd like, I mean, I, w- I would like Cody to give me $100,000. Are you going to do it? Yeah. It's, it's the same yeah. thing like with, with Arizona. Though. Arizona, like, it was Cliff was like, I'd like to have James Conner back. I'd like to have Chase Evans back. I'd like to have everybody back. Well, he's, he it's said he can't have them both. You back. can't have everybody back. Right. It's just the way it is. And, like, you're talking about Denver, they have other problems. Is, is it worth bringing in Melvin for, you know, five, six, seven million dollars? Or using those resources towards a quarterback, so you can yeah. you know take the team to the next level because depth at running back is not going to take your team to the next level. He also talked. To, he Peyton also talked a lot with some of these other reporters, these team reporters, about how he feels like it's you know it's time it's time for them to start looking at edge rush again. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's time for them to get really elite there to be able to get to get to some of these passers in the uh, in in the AFC West. You, I mean, you you don't just have Mahomes to deal with. Yep. Anymore. I mean, now you now you got you know now you got Justin Herbert. But let's be honest. To keep up with those teams in that in that division, I mean, you're going to need an offense that can score score points. Yep. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I think that we like Javante. I mean, clearly we like Javante. I'm not making a big deal. I don't think that I even despite that answer that you'd like to have him back. I don't think they're going to get Melvin back. I mean, you can't you can't pay Melvin Gordon five to eight million dollars. I'm not. So you said so. Byron and Trashman won't budge on Javante. Do you would. If you personally could choose, would you take Javante over Najee right now? Um, in Dynasty, I think. Here's we, the thing. Here's the thing. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have. I don't have a major objection at this yeah. point because we don't know what's happening we'll with Melvin. It. Once yeah. we know what happens with Melvin, I, I will have a major objection, well, yeah, and I mean, then you I won't have any more issues. Okay. Uh, the other thing was Peyton. He said, "Just he said, no, no, no stones are going to be left unturned at the quarterback position because it's the most important position in sports." So clearly they're going to be looking there. I don't. I mean, 
who knows what they're going to be doing. Nobody will answer any questions about Aaron Rodgers and who could yeah. be looking at him. But, um, so that's where we are as far as uh, the Broncos. I wanted to ask about KJ Hamler, but I, just, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't have time. Um, so uh, what about how, how about the Jaguars? So Trash Man, um, we asked about Travis Etienne. He said uh, Trent Balky said that Travis Etienne in his recovery, he's ahead of schedule ahead of schedule and they feel really good about where he is. We've been ahead of the curve with this at roster watch. I know Matt and Cody have been ahead of the curve with this at, um, at player profiler. I believe we had ETN. We, you know, we've been moving him up consistently, just trying to trying to really stay ahead of everybody. But, you know, at, at this point, you know, when you look at Travis ETN versus the, I mean, there was a point in time where, um, you would think about, you know, Austin Eckler. Yep. You know, you would think about Dalvin, but those two guys who were 27. I think it, I think we got to the point where it's like Derrick Henry, you can't really consider in this same kind of class as ETN. It'll just be 23 this year. Um, but, you know, getting him above Dalvin, getting him above Austin Eckler, I think, you know, getting him, getting him up, like, where do you guys have Antonio Gibson versus Travis Etienne? We, we have Gibson higher because we just, obviously, from the profile standpoint, we, we, we like Gibson a lot more and, his abilities where ETN he's still coming off that list, Frank, and you just want he isn't taking a, a snap in the NFL, right? So the guys you just listed, Eckler, Cook, Henry, we have them in order, and he's boom, right above them. And he and he's he's like just points away from Mixon and Barkley, right between the two of them. And I, and I think that's a good spot for him right now until we see where what he did. Because again, he hasn't taken a snap in the NFL. He's 23 years old, and it's just a it's a it's a bad spot to be put in. Whereas Gibson is half a year older than him, and we've seen Gibson in the NFL for two years. We've seen what he can do when the ball's given to him. So we can see what he's done when the ball, ball's given to him, and he's healthy. That's yeah, like that's I mean, like I feel like <laughs> Gibson. We're just waiting for the break. We're waiting for a clean snap. Well, he's only twenty. So we can re- <laughs> well not well <laughs> not a, like not a well not a clean snap or a clean break of the well, ball. I'm just saying it's yeah. just like well, well, it seems like that's kind of what we're show. waiting for. Is so like you know the other shoe to drop. Am I wrong? I mean, and that's why I had. That's why I'm I, not waiting for this shoe to drop. I love Gibson. I, have, I, I know you do. Trash, I, man. You love him maybe more than you should in Dynasty. Not on wood, uh, but I think that you know. I I just I think the Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, Antonio Gibson, those are all guys here. I feel like it's a tier, right? I mean, maybe Etienne a little lower, but I understand that. Yeah, I feel like that that's a that that's a tier right there. You know, with the tight ends, you know, being such a good tight end class this year. And if you watched our Senior Bowl recap, we've sort of talked about this. Clearly, if you wa- watched our Roto Underworld versus Roster Watch um, rookie uh, rookie mock that, that we just did, yeah, a lot of a, a lot of tight ends, you know, went off the board. You know, started starting kind of early, right? A bunch of these dudes. Um, Trash Man, just as a complete aside, before I get into what Balky said. What do you what do you think about your, the fact that your uh, that your Ohio State tight end thinks he's thinks he's too good to test here at the combine? Uh, he might be right. <laughs> I think I think he showed Ruckered, right? I yeah, think he Ruckered. showed up at the Senior Bowl, and he made made people interested. Yeah. And I think maybe he played above his head there. Maybe he maybe he plays better in game and practice than he does uh, you know testing and these and these um, kind of indiv- individual. Drills and I feel like that guy's got a lot to prove, though, because he didn't have any production. And I know that all the scouts know that he, he had Chris Olave, he had Garrett Wilson, he had Jesus. Who's 
What's that sophomore's name? Austin Jackson, Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jig number He's eleven a stud, or something. Stud. It's just like that's a lot of targets to kind of be fighting with, man. But Rucker was really good there. Anyway, there, there's a lot of these guys. There's Rucker. There's Likely. There's the UCLA guy. Dulcich. Dulcich. Greg Dulcich. He's of course, there's the, very well. Of course, there's the goat Trey McBride. And so you know, Trent Balky was asked about um, about you know the the uh, tight ends, and he said that you know. He said, yeah. "We're actually really, we're actually really happy with Chris Manhurts, which I thought and was and and uh, Dan Arnold. You know, he said, of course, we'll explore all options, but it didn't even seem, you know, the Jags. I feel like they could really use a, really use a tight end. He did, he didn't, you know, Balky from what he was saying, he didn't really. But how does Balky always survive every every? I was telling Trash Man earlier, man, and like if, if if things go to nuclear war, I'd like to find out where his house is, man. That guy survives everything, you know, just like it's so so crazy." Um, the other thing that Balky, I asked him, and it was kind of a cockamamie way to ask, but I, I just asked, "Hey man, has, has the ship sailed on on Lavisca Chenault?" And uh, he said, "He said not at all." He what he said was, I, "Not at all." I don't even know where where that idea came from. Mm-hmm. We're very high on Lavisca. He talked Maybe about it's Laquan Treadwell being their number yeah. one receiver. Yeah, he talked about his size. <laughs> That's um, that's where that kind of gets his fantasy Twitter building the narrative <laughs> like him not because you know how it is like on Twitter everyone elevates everybody and it's like well if they're not fucking all pros then they're they're nothing and you know back to back six hundred yard seasons he's he's just he's the injury bug and he's maybe he just hasn't been fully healthy and that offense everything's changed over the last two years so he just needs time to settle into an offense and maybe the consistently build that connection with Lawrence, I guess. Trent Balky said that he talked a lot about his size, his speed, and all the different ways he can be used. The same yeah. shit that we've been talking about. With you mean all the different ways they don't use it? Uh, well, that, that's, that's, exactly. that's, that's kind of what I thought. And, like, and so, you know, with, with with Doug Peterson there, we'll kind of see how that goes. But we know that, you know, Peterson and Balky, I mean, Shad Khan came out with a statement earlier today saying that he's not going to hire this executive vice president of football operations. This was supposed to be yeah. like supposed to be like the the, the uh, babysitter yeah. of this whole, you know, this whole new group that he has, especially kind of a handholder to Balky. You know, it it's like it feels like it feels like those guys are a little bit aligned right now. So we'll see about LaVisca Chenault. I don't really um I don't. I have no idea where we have him in the wide receiver rankings. I mean, as far as this stuff, but maybe we could give him a little bit of a bump. So we have Chenault. I mean, we have we have Chenault. At, let's say one, two, three, and then you, t- you say wide receiver what? Okay. Okay. One, two, three, fifty, fifty-six. Okay, so yeah, we're so in the right apart. We're, we're in the same area, right? Fifty-one, fifty-six, kind of in the. I think we could afford to have Lavisca Chenault maybe ahead of a 29-year-old Kenny Galladay. So, so 100%, I would say. So based on the conversations we had today, we'll talk about this guy in a little bit, but Rondell Moore versus Lavisca Chenault, who would you rather have right now? Well, we need to move Rondale ahead of Lavisca if that hasn't happened. <laughs> Rondale. Oh, we oh Trash Man made a big move on Rondale in the dynasty rankings. And, 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 Egg wasn't that and, big today. And, 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 and we'll get to the – that's a big uh, – that's a pretty big move, Trash Man. And we'll get to that. So – Lavisca Chenault, they thought I was cocking me for asking if the ship had sailed. That was, he said, fa- he said, that was a fantastic question. He said, he said, he said, the ship is sailed. I have no idea where you would have gotten this. Because that, that really shuts a big narrative because, like, if you lived on Twitter, which a lot of people do, they, they like, or I'm not doing it again. We're not doing it. And it's like, you bring that just, to, you bring that out to him and he's, he justifies, he's like, no, dude, there's the, what are you talking about? Then that makes us 
it should make us feel a lot more confident in his role going into 2022. You know, when you might. So is so Chenault a sleeper? Is he a sleeper? He's going to turn into a sleeper. I mean, I, I think he's got such a hive. Yeah. He's got such a hive that they're, they're going to keep going back. Because people were so big on him as a freshman, like in Debbie and stuff like that. Like he, he's got a little high. He, he's, he's, he's got a high of people. You know, it's. Uh, I think that I, he'll, he'll be a sleeper. I think in redraft. You know, I, but I'm not sure. I think in dynasty, the, the guy who's been holding on to him loves him. <laughs> you know, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, all right, let's talk about the Falcons a little bit. So basically, the first thing is, I guess I saw an unverified report that the Falcons are looking to trade. Calvin Ridley. I don't know. The fact of the matter is that uh, Terry Fauno, Arthur Smith, neither of these guys are going to say a damn word about Calvin yeah. Ridley. You know, we tried to phrase, you know, tried to phrase it in ways where we could get it out of them. I wanted to ask, like, you know, just how should fans feel about the Calvin Ridley situation? There's not anything you can do to pull anything out of this. And I don't know if that's because they don't want to mess with, um, you know, it's kind of weird to have to talk about. It's like you're kind of talking to, out of school about somebody's mental health. You well, know, I mean, that's like, a conversation we should be having. Trash man, why did everybody think that your sweater is so is so fashionable today? My, well, I can't right. believe the, I can't believe the amount of people that stopped us and, <laughs> and, and told Trash Man how fashionable they thought this. It's a it's a black hooded sweatshirt, and they told Trash Man that he's a fashion icon. They're not the only ones. Unbelievable! I try wear I try wear a shirt with a collar. Yeah, I'm looking fashionable, but no, Trash Man shows up in a sweatsuit. Looking like he just rolled out of bed, which he did. Retro hat, glasses. Pe- people, pe- people are just asking where he buys the. What, what is this? Fashion, fashion, less since 1983. Talentless, fashion, fashion. Okay, fashion. <laughs> talentless. That's a good. That's a good anyway, one. so so nothing about Calvin Ridley. Um, it's Scott Dizick's company. You did ask. Uh, <laughs> you did it. How much? How much did that sweatsuit cost you? Well, I got Did it cost over $100? Yes. Jesus Christ, we pay you too much money. Uh, the the uh, um, quarter – we talked about – we talked about uh, – uh, so Arthur, Arthur Smith is a hard guy to yeah. get any answers off of, man. Like, did you think he was a kind of a square up there? Hard to get much of any answer from him. I, did, I didn't go – I didn't even go talk to him. I, I did ask him. I said, well, dude, did you come into 2021 but, but like – Thinking that Cordero Patterson of all people was going to be able to be able to do this for your team, he said. You know, he talked about how some of the guys and I forget who he mentioned who was on his staff that came over from Chicago. He a couple in guys. Chicago. He said like they they had kind of led on to him that Cordero's got some juice and you know uh, in the uh, in the run game and some ways that they feel like they could sort of expand on that. And he said, look, look at our team last year, like. That's the kind of thing, and we need more of this kind of thing where we just kind of find these guys. You know, we got to find guys who can do I mean, things comparatively to the rest of the running back core. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's pretty good going in. Mike Davis, of course, a free agent. Uh, we weren't able. I don't think we were able we to ask about him. him. But, we, but I, I mean, you can't imagine. You can't imagine really him being back. Uh, as far as the Russell Gage, um, I just I asked Arthur Smith, just given Ridley's situation, how big a deal is bringing back Russell Gage. Yeah. You know, and his uh, – so listen to this answer. That, that it was uh, – he said he was really productive late in the year and helped us. Yeah. So not much of a clue there. I think they probably 
But I mean, do they bring back Gage? I don't really know how, how much it matters. I'm not really sure. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, he's he was a square. That's he's one of the toughest guys to get to answer out of. I thought today it was. And Terry Terry Fondo was too. Trash man asked about Kyle Pitts. We got another BS. And what do you, what do he say? Well, he said that he, he you know he needs to he didn't he do a, what you know he didn't do everything that he wanted to do. The, he had a good year, and, a, and we're looking forward to uh, we're looking forward to him having a better year. I think Gage is a guy you could. He didn't say he had a good year. Well, he, I mean, he did some good. He things. said that he didn't have the year that he wanted to. Well, I mean, it was a good as far as rookie tight ends. It was a it was yeah. a. I mean, it it wasn't the it wasn't the, probably it wasn't yeah, the a thousand year. yards. I mean, he wasn't the Julio Jones replacement, but yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, for a rookie tight end to go for one K, I mean, yeah, and there's and there the fact that they're kind of a little, a little bit disappointed. In that season, just goes to show like how yeah. inflated our expectations were of Kyle Pitts, and maybe in Dynasty, he's a dude that um, certainly not in tight end premium. You're not going to pull anything over on <laughs> on somebody because it was because it was feast or famine with him. Well, that that's that was my gripe. But with Calvin him. Ridley was there going was, all was, season, but it wasn't like it wasn't like a consistent, you know, um, decent PPR games out of Pitts or anything. It was either it was feast or bust. famine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why it, that that's why it seemed so drastic. Yeah. Um, and then I think for the Falcons, that's is that is that basically kind of about it from those guys. Yeah, and I want to note in also that the the uh, free agency for the for the Falcons right now is outside of Ridley, Darby's the only guy on the roster for wide receivers. So Gage might be the guy that they come that comes back. I know they had like Taji Sharp, Frank, Frank 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 Darby, Frank Darby. Outside well, of Ridley, I like that. Only, yeah, but I'm saying is they one dude like Austin Trammell as well. But like they need wide receivers and if they know gage has the connection there with with uh with with matt ryan why not bring him back uh maybe i don't know about alameda and zacchaeus but i also think they're probably gonna, they might be in the market for for a receiver as well if yeah they, if it they should get, be if they can get their cap down it will yeah and it feels like matt ryan's cert, certainly certainly back based on yeah they, that's a really odd one too is they really, they're really confident in him um i think they still draft a quarterback let's see uh some other things here um we had uh, so uh, all right. How about Andy Reid? Um, so we asked Andy Reid. Do you want to tell him about what he, he, Trashman? Of course, had to ask about Byron Pringle. <laughs> well, because someone had asked about Cole Hardman and his season, and so then I thought, oh, what would you think about Byron Pringle's development um, this season? And he he, said, he made his. <laughs> he said that he really he really liked Pringle. Um, He's a free agent. He's a free agent, and that he got a uh, sponsorship. Was oh, but it no, a, he, he literally worded it as like, "I like Pringle." And he's a free agent, and he got a potato chip deal, and <laughs> and he just like rolled, did he seriously get a deal with Pringle? It just rolled off. His, I don't even I don't know, know. I don't even know if it was actually a Pringle deal, but I, like he maybe it was just like a if he got a deal with it. If he got a deal with a potato chip company, <laughs> I guarantee you it's Pringles. Yeah, but I'm saying it's we like it just rolled off his that. tongue. Like he's just like, yeah, yeah, he's a free agent. I like him. He's, he's got a potato chip deal. Like, and I, I was like, I was this like is, it was just a he weird. Said it, he didn't skip a beat. He so that's why it, it just cool. came off. He like loves talking thing. about. He loves. He loves talking about potato chips. Were, were you, he, he was, said that time. I think he's what three more times. He said potato chip or something. Well, he, well I, I know he. I, eating, I know he mentioned. I know he mentioned that he likes potato chips. And then he and he said he likes sitting inside Lucas Oil and watching drills and eating potato chips. So yeah, he's a big. Oh, he did. Why was he with Brian Pringle? Partners with Snack Maker. So Pringles. Pringle Pringle. 
Yeah, Pringles, okay, I'm just Pringles signed Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Go buy some Pringles. Use the promo code Pringles to a deal to launch the company's new well, flavor stacks. Okay, well, hey man, good for good good for Byron Pringle flavor stacks. Does it give any flavors? <laughs> it's a, <laughs> is it cool? Is it cool ranch or some kind of some kind of honey barbecue? It'd be, I'll, I'll bet you it's good. Andy Reid um, flavor, applewood Ketchup. smoke. Uh, Wavy apple wood smoke cheddar. Andy Reid also. Jesus Christ. I asked about um, just like what Casey barbecue. I asked about the year two evaluation on Clyde, Clyde Edwards Alaire, sort of where he was with him, and also just the fact that Jared McKinnon looked so good in last season. Sort of where are you on those guys as far as the running backs? Um, you know, he said they were both hurt this season at different times and stuff. He. Yeah. He didn't seem as disappointed as probably most of the people in the fantasy and the dynasty community are in Clyde. Um, he did say he, he he did say Clyde needs to stay healthy, and he said Jared McKinnon needs to stay healthy. He said they both need to stay healthy, but he did say um, what he did say is that. But overall, very happy with both yeah, of them. Yeah. And he said that they're uh, they're they're great kids and both have so much talent. The wording seemed like he was confident in both. He didn't dislike either. He liked them both when they were healthy, both on the field. And it was like, he wasn't like, yeah, we still, what I was looking for in that question was, I was hoping for, it was like for the Clyde Woods fans, which obviously I'm not really, but I was hoping <laughs> that he would say, any? I was hoping that he would say, and shout out Nate List, I was hoping he would say like, you know, we're still very confident in Clyde as being that guy or something along those lines is like, yeah, we're not expecting Jarek back or he's hoping for, and he, he rolled into it as like, he answered the question as both guys being like Siamese twins, like, this guy's nice when he's healthy, and this guy's nice when he's healthy, and they're both young, talented stars. And I was like, that's not a very positive note, even though he was like, yeah, they're nice, talented players. But it's not a very, like, uplifting thing for Clyde, I thought. Yeah, I'm trying to think of this. Was there anything else that we asked Andy Reid about or anything of note that he said as far as Chiefs? Oh, um, no, I don't know. Th- it was just – it was the CEH stuff. It was the Byron Pringle stuff. The Hardman um, thing was was very basic. He just said he got – what did you think about McCall Hardman? He said he got better as the season went on. He worked hard and it really paid off for him, and that's why he got the opportunities in the latter half of the season was because early on he was working hard. But it's a very flat answer. But yeah. Miko Hardman needs, needs to learn fucking Patrick Mahomes' yeah. cell phone number and get together with him and work with him yeah. in the summer whenever the other you – shouldn't be, You shouldn't be learning and progressing halfway through the right. season. You should be like hitting the ground running yeah. week one. And he's just – he's – that was the deal with McColl coming in. Like, you know, is he gonna, is he, is he gonna really love it and come in and work? But um, yeah, I mean, I guess a little bit of vote of confidence there from Andy Reid. All right, I, th- I mean, Chris Ballard, right, right here in Indy. That was, um, that was interesting to start with the Carson Wentz stuff, right? Because he came in, the local reporters, national reporters, everybody just said like the first question was like, you said that the biggest thing, you know, coming out of this year before this year started, was to have an answer at the quarterback position. Do you have an answer? And he said, I don't know. That's fair. I don't know. He said, he said I don't know. And then the guy was the guy was like, well, you said you want you want to have confidence in a guy. Why don't you have confidence in Carson? And, right. and he's like, well, you never said I didn't. And then he's like, but if you had confidence in him, you wouldn't be looking for a quarterback. And that's when he really caught him in that catch. And he's like, Fair. Yeah, and then it was like a really. It was one of those. Well, the thing about a few Val- moments today where it hit a guy and he was like, "Well, they seem to be really thinking about the question." I definitely stumped Dan Campbell. Yeah, when we yeah, that one too as well. That one, actually, yeah, <laughs> that, that one was on it, 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 on NFL Network yeah. earlier. But the um, the uh, 
dude, Chris Ballard, he's a gr- he's one of the dudes. Like I went there. You guys saw, like DMs, yeah. I said, like you know, when Ballard's over here, we need to get up here and ask as many questions as we can because he's a he's a straight shooter and a cool dude. Um, but dude, it does not seem like they are. I, I don't. He said that they're not necessarily all on the exact same page with with yeah. with Wentz. So I, you know, Reich might be in a little bit of a different spot. I feel like Ballard is not. And Ursay, Ursay, he said he said Frank, yeah. me, and it's Ursay. A, it's, a, it's a trinity of people. Yeah. He says we we don't have to agree about everything. But the you know, but as um, I don't know if they think that Wentz is the future. And do you know what? I'm not sure. I mean, to me, if there's no Wentz, that 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 hurts Michael Pittman because Michael Pittman and Carson, you know, Carson Wentz just locks on to one dude. Yeah. Like he locked on to Pittman. I could see there being volume issues. But with that being said, what I asked about, speaking of the wide receivers, so T.Y. Hilton's uh, up to be free. Um, Zach Pascal's up to be free. So I asked, you know, what young guys might step up. I just mentioned maybe like guys in these preseason dudes like Mike Strawn, um, Desmond Patton, um, et cetera. He and never mentioned Doolin, though. That's what I was like. Ugh. And I never mentioned Doolin. I was hoping you would bring him up. But but do you know who he did bring up? He said, those guys are all right. But, well, he did say that he's talked to T.Y. And T.Y. wants to play in 2022, but it's still up. It's still yet to be seen. He's like, T.Y. is still a good player. He's not the player he used to be, yeah. clearly. At least physically. He but he said his mind. He said he has one of the best football minds. I, I have a great football mind. Can I go – can I go? Can I go play for the Colts? I do, mean, do do you want do you want to give me seven hundred fifty k? I'll I'll take the veteran minimum, and they can use my football mind. I mean, what do you like on the field? <laughs> okay, you but, know, you I, mean, I mean, come on, dude. T. T. Y. Hilton is going to be T. Y. Hilton. He's a he's a he's a Rosenhaus client. He's going to want money. Um, you, you couldn't run T. Y. Hilton's forty when you were seventeen. Oh, just, oh, of course. No, I, I don't. I don't think that I could have gotten within two two seconds no. of T. Y. Hilton's. Yeah, voice. Chad. Chad in the chat says Ashton Doolin. Yeah, you, again, he asked about uh, Pittman. Anyway, and, and do you know what? Guys, Here's the he thing, Chad in the chat. What are the, and do you, and do you know the guy he brought up? You know, he didn't say Ashton Doolin. He said, "Don't forget Paris, Paris Campbell." Campbell. Yep, yep. He said, "Don't forget Paris Campbell." He said he's not ready to give up on him yet. He says he knows he's gotten hurt. He, he but just like he says, you guys know. You guys have seen the flashes the same way I've seen the flashes. Um, he's had really bad luck. And Paris Campbell, dude, this is a team that's losing their this is a team that's losing their wide receiver core. Like Paris Campbell is going to be an important piece of this. He's probably a guy we put, we're gonna put up the Dynasty Risers article the trash man did earlier. And Paris Campbell, I said, put put Paris on there, or at least get Paris in our top 250. I'm not I'm not I'm not even sure he's in there. He needs to be in there. And uh because it looks, I mean is it that crazy? I mean, could you close your eyes and not imagine a world where he could, if he was healthy, he would be the number two wide receiver been, for the I've Colts? I've been imagining that for the past uh, three years now. And, and if and if it's not well, right, but I mean, and it's looked good for a, for a, for well, like one half, half of one second. game, for one half of one game, he gets six targets. You're like, damn. And then he just, you know, <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's right. too many other options, you know. But he did bring up three players when he talked about players that you know that they were focusing on. Mm-hmm. And they were Jonathan Taylor, it was Michael Pittman, and and then Naheem Hines caught me by surprise as well. Yeah, well, yeah, I was I was a little bit shocked at that. That was the that, that was the, that was the third up. guy. Yeah. You know, and it, I mean, they realized through the course of the year, especially. I think if you watch the in season hard knocks with the Colts, I didn't watch much of it, but if you watch that, it felt like it really, like riveting television. It, it felt like well, it kind of makes you like the Colts. And dude, can you do? Can you believe how tilted? Ballard was when he talked about that final two, 
that final two game stretch. Three yeah. games. Yeah. Uh, to him. Just, well, to him, it was no, it was those two games. But it was also the game versus LA where they gave up the touchdown Tennessee. right at the very end where Tampa Bay ran on their ass to, to win the game and they couldn't stop them. And then the Tennessee game right at the very end. He said that we can't count, think of those last two games. To me, it would just tilt me endlessly that I lost to the Jaguars yeah. to, for, my, for, for, for my playoff life in a meaningless game for the Jaguars and game that meant everything in the world to me. Uh, but anyway, um, so that's sort of the deal with with what he said about the wide receivers. Um, did Ballard? Did Ballard? Did we ever get anything else really from Ballard as far as the Wentz stuff? And I mean, I'm sure he said some other stuff, but those were the yeah, questions. That, that, that was the main stuff. The questions that we asked. All right. Um, okay. Uh, Cliff. Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. So um, before I got over there, you guys asked about. AJ Green and Christian Kirk being up uh, and being free agents and what that was going to mean for the passing game come next season um, after everybody got done with our deluge of Kyler questions. Right. And he Cliff didn't seem too, uh, he didn't seem too sure about getting either of those guys back or maybe willing to pay to get either of those guys back for what they could, you know, what, Chris, what Christian Kirk would command you know, given the market he'll have or what A.J. Green would command, just given his age, right? Uh, but he did basically say either way. I forgot what the exact quote was. Uh, he said that um, – he says that Ronda – he says he expects Ronda Moore to have a much – to be a much bigger part of the offense in 2022. So with Ronda – He needs to get the ball in space. Same, okay. Yeah. So, so, Cody, let's do the same trick from earlier. You pull up the Roto Underworld player profiler wide receiver rankings – I'll pull up the roster watch ones. You tell me, we say one, two, three, and you say wide receiver. Okay, ready? One, two, three, 35. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, he's going up. That's a, that's a big difference, man. I mean, I just, I, I think he, belong, he, he belongs above so, a bunch of these guys. Trash Man made a big move on him, and I don't mind it, dude. I think he belongs up here with Darnell Mooney, Kadarius Tony, dudes like, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is 30 years old. Cooks he's, is 28. You know, he belongs up here with – yeah, well, Cooks will be 29. Yeah. Right? So, like, I mean, I think that you probably – he should he should be – like, Rondale Moore at age 22 next season should be above – I mean, Allen Robinson at 29. Uh, you know, some of these other guys. If he's going to be a bigger part of the offense, you, you have You don't have him had a Mooney, do you? We have him back-to-back. You have him back-to-back? Yeah. we have. I think that's a good spot. We have Rondale Moore and Darnell Mooney. Back to back in a clump there with Kadarius Tony. Okay. Um, so I think Rondale is a guy who just based on, I mean, the fact that, you know, we just heard so much of the senior bowl from all this stuff from people who weren't necessarily close to the team saying that the, Car- the Cardinals weren't happy with his play as a downfield threat. Um, that had me a little bit worried, you know, that had me a little bit worried that this thing could go the way of Andy Isabella. Yeah. But I, I'm just, I mean, I think that he's, well, you know, we never heard these dudes say that you know Andy Isabella is set to be a big time piece of this offense. We like it was always so, what we wanted. It was just yeah. more from a fantasy perspective, though, because we saw we did yeah Massachusetts. Dude, yeah, time. man, I think dude, if dude, if, if we could get if we could get Rondale just to if we get Rondale just like a 20 percent target share, like I think well, I think we're starting to, you, yeah. we're starting to cook with some we're starting to cook with some grease, man. Um, Stay, what, staying in Arizona, yeah. So we also I made sure to ask uh kingsbury is this what you were going to say was about james connor and chase edmonds yeah, about how he wanted to keep both guys but he, he he said that he understood that you know you can't have everybody back and he said james basically is the guy that you obviously 
we, we'd like to bring him back. But he said, Eno's a guy, we like how much he's progressed over the last years. And it's unlikely we can bring back both Chase and James, but we really like what Eno's done. And so that pretty much says what they're going to do. I mean, and e- I mean, and Eno and um, Chase are basically identical. Well, that's the same thing I thought. You're like, trash me, you and I had the exact same thoughts because – to me, it sounded like he was – because he talked a lot more about the virtues of James Conner than he did the virtues of Chase Edmonds. It's and, right to James. Yeah, and so I think that uh, – what, what he said about Eno, he said Eno's made huge – Eno Benjamin, of course, from from Wiley, from Wiley East High School in Texas. And I think he went to where, where Arizona, Arizona State. State. Um, Eno's made huge strides and has a bright future. We think he can step in and play good ball for us. And so to me, that sounds like – if they can bring back James Conner, they'd like to probably bring him back and replace Eno with well, replace as, as Trashman is saying. With Eno. Yeah, replace with Edmonds Eno. with Eno because you can see them being you know pretty similar. Uh, Cody has their player profile files pulled up, and just from here, they actually. I mean, Our if you just look at the little bars that on, they almost look like the same damn. Pl- five nine two zero seven, five nine two zero five, same forty, same speed. The difference is Eno actually has. 88th percentile burst, whereas Chase Edmonds has the higher agility score, but Eno still has. They're literally identical. The only difference is Eno's more bursty. So it's it's and you're getting three years younger version of Chase Edmonds. If you watched Eno and I, like if if you want to go off some phone, go watch some Eno Benjamin high school highlights. That's that's, that's just it's, it's just like just, Lavisca too. Is like there's yeah. a hive on Eno that yeah. is like really really degenerates, and they love Eno. So it's like this is the time where you know, and and people like Chase too, but. That's going to be interesting seeing him hit free agency. Um, okay, so let's see if just a, just a, 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 a few more here. Um, so we asked, uh, yeah, like like Brian Dable was kind of like an Arthur Smith as far as I'm concerned with his answers to questions. He wasn't very forthcoming at all. I did ask, you know, what? To be honest, none of these guys are very forthcoming. Some of them are. Okay. I mean, but here's you can pull these pieces out. That's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to pull the pieces. Um, I just I said, what is your what is your philosophy for, you know, from because he's going to be he's he did say today he's going to be doing some of the some of the play calling. He's going to be involved in the play calling. He's just certainly he's certainly going to oversee the game plan. So I just said, what is your philosophy with Saquon Barkley, with a guy like Saquon Barkley, who they it, admitted is saying like they're they're open to anything. They, they'll be open to, to trading Saquon before, you know, his his contracts out to in 2022. Um, but I just said, but if you, if you have a guy like that, um, and assuming he's still Saquon Barkley, do are you of the mindset or you have the philosophy that you just feed this dude, the rock and you give him all the touches you can and you get the most out of the guy, or is it something where, you know, you're more of a committee? What, what Dave Bull said is if you have good players, you try to get the ball in their hands as much as possible, whoever they are. Are you really going to trade Saquon Barkley though? Like, if you look at like what has happened the last few years for, as far as like assets, like what are you going to get for him? You're going to get a third round pick? I don't know. It's just a whole new regime, dude. That was a day. That was a that, 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 that was a Dave Gettleman era pick. You but, know? But, I'm, but I'm saying like, why couldn't why couldn't you know if you're if you're hypothetically you bring over the entire uh, Buffalo scheme? Uh, yeah. Why couldn't why couldn't Barkley do what Singletary can do? Like that's my thing. Is like is a third round pick really worth giving away that talent? Well, I think that Saquon Barkley would fetch more than a third. If he's fully healthy, but but again, he shouldn't have been a first. 
and you're looking at the age and you're looking at what you can get right now. He from- should have been a he should have he's he's going he, he shouldn't have been a top ten pick. He probably should have been a first round pick. He had the perfect yeah. profile. I mean, but, but I'm Jonathan saying, Taylor, like, you, you know, yeah. Saquon are two guys that yeah, you know, I would say out of the guys that I've evaluated at the running back position since we've been doing this professionally, like I would say those for the last, since 2011. And yeah, I, like I'd say those two guys are two of the you know most perfect profiles. Yeah, I, I've I'm seen. not I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying like we saw where Jonathan went. After the NFL kind of uh, was like, all right, this yeah, first, no, first round shit shouldn't happen. No, I get it. You yeah. know, you know, and that's where that's and, where it's like. And now Saquon's got some wear. I get it. Where we're at right now, post yep. ACL, he's twenty what f- five years old, and I just don't know if you being like, hey, you want a third round pick, and me being like, oh yeah, this third round pick is going to definitely help my team more than Saquon Barkley's talent in, out of the backfield. You know, like I no. think I'd rather just ri- the fact that you already have him. I feel like you just ride him. And then when it's over, it's over. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. Like that's just would be my tactic, I guess. As far as the timing for the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers and stuff, the, the Brian Gutenkunst is hoping that they can get that thing done by, um, I guess, but I guess the start of free agency is the sixteenth. The sixteenth. So I mean, that's kind of the date. That's kind of the drop dead date that they have on there for him. I just ask, what's the order of operations here? Because you have MVS up, you have Lazard up. I think I'm pretty sure that horrible contract that Aaron Rodgers made them take for Randall Cobb is going to be up. Um, so I mean, Jesus Christ, who else? Devontae Adams is up for free agency. Uh, what like you got a lot to address here? But if you like, what's the order of operations? Like, do you get you get some of these smaller deals done beforehand? Like, you got to get Aaron Rodgers. Done. He said very clearly, you get Aaron done, you figure out where you're at, and you fill in the pieces from there. So. Maybe just a little bit of timing stuff from there. Hopefully by the 16th we'll have a little bit of um, clarity with 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 that, and that'll be able to um, j- just uh, I guess allow the Packers to sort of know what they're doing, so we know t- what to do with these assets on our on our clear, clearly guys on our dynasty benches. But I think more importantly, it's like opens up some stuff like for Amari Rogers and you know some of these other players that you know we were interested in that people could have maybe gone real sour on in year one. Amari Rodgers was the first guy that came to me. Like, if they do bring back Rodgers and they bring back Devontae, they're not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to give Alan Lazard or MVS what they want. So I don't. Yeah, I was going to say back to Cobb because you mentioned Cobb. Uh, his contract. He's got a nine point five million dollar cap hit with only two point seven dead. So it saved them seven. <laughs> but if again, terrible contract. But if Rodgers comes back, he's going to yeah, want Cobb I, there. No, but but you know what? I mean, they're going to tell him, "Hey, look, man." Like they're gonna say, Cobb, the, Cobb's gonna, they're gonna say in negotiations. This whole thing about Cobb that was a one year deal. Like we can't Cobb, like, yeah. like you're like you are, you are you are hurting the team. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. The other, I, I would do. I really, I wanted so badly to ask about AJ Dillon and what they yeah. thought about him. We just, man, that Green Bay contingent, man, those Green Bay reporters just want to ask about the every same. player on the damn defense and every like the yeah. special teams. So, um. But uh, so I was not able to get that in. I don't think we had anything else there. On Green Bay. Uh, okay, so next let's go to Tampa Bay where we had Jason Light available to us. I believe Arians was available off off podium. I saw he was off podium. I stopped by and listened to a little bit of uh, you know what he was saying. Arians is, all, of course, always fun to listen to. But Jason Light, uh, trash man, do you want to just say what you – because you asked him about Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, I asked him if Keyshawn Vaughn was ready to handle the load and – he seemed to respond in the affirmative. He said that he saw Vaughn as a starting running back and that although, you know, they need depth and the, and the, and the, and the running back where we're like, 
they think he's somebody somebody that they can rely on. Yeah, I think what uh, the the quote that I got from Cody's transcript it was uh, he's taken massive strides over the last year, and and think he's taken massive strides over the last year, and we think he can carry the load. Def- but, definitely carry the load. Okay, I, all right. But you know what I'm saying is like, like we the, think he can. There was whatever. A, yeah, he might have had a There's definitely an affirmation there. Like, um, they, but he did. But but he also, as Trashman said, he also did say it's important to have depth. And so, if yeah. we're living in a world with no Ronald Jones, no Leonard Fournette, which I mean, who who knows? And who knows how good this offense is really gonna gonna be? But as I've talked about before on the serious show and stuff like that, like that's a like that's a that offensive line and that offense and stuff like that. Like that's a dude. That's a like a cat that can purr, dude. That's like a sports car. I guess they lost Ali Marpet, so that's a big deal on the offensive line. But that off that offensive line is still good. If you got a guy getting a pretty good bit of volume around there, even if the quarterback play is somewhat diminished, it's like the supporting cast should have them in scoring opportunity pretty often. And we saw Keyshawn Vaughn did just like what he did in college. People forget that Keyshawn Vaughn, as far as his breakaway one, one percentage, was one of the best in the whole entire class, at least as far as. Uh, runs over 50 plus yards you just wouldn't have ever t- t- thought about it from him because is that, that what he went to Vanderbilt Vanderbilt yeah. and th- that offense was just so bad but Keyshawn Vaughn would break off these big plays and then we we, we kept seeing it you know this year down the stretch at the uh, NFL level so what would you think if, if like a Melvin we're talking about Melvin leaving uh Javante in Denver what if Melvin would were to go to Tampa or something like that and they were to split and then Vaughn were to play in that Javante like they 50 50 split it with like hypothetically like a Melvin and a, and a Vaughn. I just don't think that I just don't want to, you know, I, I, I don't want to dedicate any brain focus to that because I don't, I think signing Melvin Gordon would be the most idiotic thing that Jason Mike could ever do. No, I know. I'm just saying like, they bring somebody like in at that age where they're, and then they make somebody like worst like case, a, scenario, what, worst case scenario. What, my thought is like, they bring somebody in, they 50 50 split it. Like maybe you can maybe see him bringing in like a Marlon Mack. Yeah. Or like, like that kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, that sort of player. I mean, maybe something like that, that, um, yeah, I, I would think that Keyshawn Vaughn would be a kind of I mean, still I, viable. Yeah, I think he needs to be moved up. I think he needs to be moved up in dynasty rankings. I think Trashman, you moved him up a little bit today. You gave him a bump. So um, where do you have him? We took, let's do that one on three. Okay, so Keyshawn, we'll see where Trash. So out of the out of the running backs, let's see where we have Vaughn. All right, ready? Yep. One, two, three, thirty-two. 46. Okay, so you guys are for, a little bit higher than us. Yeah, a little bit higher. Because you we, adjusted already after today. Yes, we adjusted okay, after so, today. Yeah, we haven't adjusted yet. I so. think that Rashad Penny on here and Khalil Herbert need to be a little bit higher, though, for sure. Um, I could see him being as low as 30. I could see him being – oh, well, yeah. I mean, we need we definitely need to have him ahead of the – I could see him being as low as 30. I could see him being as low as 38, maybe get Khalil Herbert up, up above him. Um, I think he needs to be ahead of Daryl Henderson. You feel, you feel like Conner. Khalil Herbert's more of a starting back potential in the Keyshawn? Uh, in Dynasty, I think Khalil Herbert at some point is going to pay off big. Yeah, I, 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 I love what I saw in this year um, whenever he got the opportunity. Um, let's see. So we have – was that all we really had from – I think Jason Light, that was the main thing that we wanted to sniff around, right? It was just Keyshawn. Oh, he's, he said on a, on a Trask – um, he said you can never replace Tom Brady, and he said Kyle had a great season last year. We're going to give him every opportunity, and he made. He, he said he also mentioned that Gabbert's not on the roster anymore, but he he made a point to say that he's going to give Kyle every opportunity, and he thought that well, he's, he's the only quarterback on the roster. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like he's the only quarterback there, but 
I thought it was interesting that he said we're going to give him every opportunity. And again, uh, they mentioned that you know you can only, you can only trade for so certain amount of guys, and you can't really depend on okay, we're going to trade for this guy because like it takes two guys to tango, and uh, you have the draft as well. But I don't think they really want to go after a draft pick again. That's why they took Trask. So um, well, I, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess, if they rolled out Trask because. Is it, is, it, is it like a Trubisky or Winston, or or is they just roll with the guy that's in the house that learned from Brady for a year? Well, Arian said that the, you know the, like high, like getting a veteran quarterback yeah. seemed out of the question. Yeah. So to me, it seems like it's going to be a rookie or one of these cheap. You know, it's going to be a camp battle with Kyle, like with Kyle Trask and Desmond Ritter or, or something or like Desmond, that. Or, yeah. or Fitz Matt, like yeah, like. Something like that, I guess. I don't, but maybe like maybe two. So they're going to lean heavy on the run game, is what I got out of that. And they got a good offensive line. Yeah, and they got good. They got a line that was built to protect Tom Brady. Yeah. So I think that that's. I think that Keyshawn Bond is probably a guy we need to be moving up in dynasty. Maybe just betting a little bit on the come with. Um, You're only talking about moving him up to a spot where he'd be, you know, where he you project him as a low end flex, and if he does, if he does. You know, hit in any substantial way, he's going to be paying off a lot bit better than kind of low end level flex, especially in PPR. Um, how about uh, Sean McDermott, trash man? You asked him about your guy, your favorite, your most precious angel. I can't believe it's part of the tweet that we sent out today from the roster watch account that got the most trash. You got people the most fired up. It was about <laughs> he, dude, McDermott loves Gabriel Davis. He does love Gabriel Davis. What he loves the most about or what he touched upon was that Davis had become a real leader in the clubhouse, um, which he thought was really, um, really rare to see in such a young player and that he's looking, you know, he, 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 he um, improved in year one and year two, and he, you know, couldn't wait to see what he did. He was exceed- And he, 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 he said he's really excited to see what, what, what 22, 22 holes for him. It really feels like that's a, I'm excited for Davis. It, it, it really, I mean, I've really, been excited for him for it, a while. It feels like the, it feels like they like Gabe, man. How can you not? Yeah, for sure. I thought it was um, also, like, and I caught a lot of flack for this all from everybody playing profile because I liked him coming in, and it was like, well, he's you know he's not you know Sanders and Bees and all this shit, and I was like, but if you remember at the at the end of last season, they said in you know teammates, coaches, GM, they all said how. You know, he has that talent. He has that next level. He has that superstar, that dog. He has all of that. And like, I think, you know, we kind of agree on those type of things. And I was pushing towards Dave, and it was just kind of like a he didn't hit. They didn't give him the ball. They didn't stick him on the field enough. And I think if they just put him in that two role on the opposite side of Stephon Diggs, I think he would just flourish yeah, I mean, for a whole season. It will, when he's when he's got an opportunity in volume, Gabriel Davis has his best come up big. A, a lot of it's had to do with the attention the defense has played to Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Um, and then also he talked a little bit about uh, – asked about Singletary, and he said he brought a different energy that helped lead the team down the stretch last year. They were a fan of that energy that Singletary brought. Yeah. They, 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 they hate Zach Moss. Um. I would, I would guess the I mean, career arc of Singletary has been interesting from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, uh, let's see. So, what about um, just quickly? I mean, Kevin Colbert, his last year as GM, he's going to go through the rest of this year as far as the GM responsibilities until the NFL draft, and then he'll be kind of stepping back into more of a consulting role. But uh, asking him about, you know, are there starting caliber quarterbacks in this class? Despite the fact that everybody kind of thinks it sort of sucks, you know. And he says, "Oh, he says, oh, oh, yeah, 
And so I don't know. Let me look and see where Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh picks around 20, 18 or they 19. Pick, they pick at 20. So the Saints pick right before them? 18, yes. Okay. So, I, dude, I think that they're where the Saints uh, – 18 and 20 are wide open for quarterbacks as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, I think you got to move up. I, I, I just I really do. But I, I do think – I mean, I think where you're going with that is I think they, they're going to. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens we'll see what happens there. But boy, man, I mean Najee Harris and Najee Harris and Malik Willis. I, I'd be I'd be interested in some I'd be interested in some of that. Your boy, the Potfather, would talk about the Alfred Morris corollary there, right? I mean, it's, that'd be like to the extreme too. Did you see that prop? The prop last night was the, 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 prize, the oh, prize pick opened up with a prop of Malik Willis at four point three nine in the forty yard dash. Yeah. And, uh, that was if that we was, could. I wish we could do prize picks in in, in Indy. That was quickly smashed up. I think it got okay. up to like four four two or what it got up to. But yeah, it began there, and then also Brees Hall was like four four one. But yeah. anyway, four three nine. If, if Malik ran that, I think this whole town would melt. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and, but you know, just I I I think I think just I just kind of think based on kind of Colbert. Uh, he says there's 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 good starting caliber quarterbacks yeah. in this draft. That that was not a that was not a sentiment that was kind of really put forth by any other coach or GM that I was able to hear today. In fact, but I mean, he also I, considers Mason Rudolph a good starting quarterback. No, he doesn't. No, <laughs> no nobody he, does. He doubled, so he doubled down on around the NFL about two hours ago. They sat down with him like this and they said, you know, you know, w- w- what do you think of quarterback? And he said today, if the NFL, if the, if the NFL started today, we would roll out Mason Rudolph. Like he's, he's, he's doubled down on that again for the second time in the last well, couple of weeks. He's not going to have to sit around during these games and that, Bear the misery of this. Oh. I mean, Mason, Mason, Rudolph. Are you kidding me, man? This Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges bullshit. Do you can't, do, you can't do that again. I'm not doing that. I well, do I mean, that would be like that. Trash man. We need to make a note to move. Like, if they're thinking like that, that it could be Mason Rudolph. We need to. We, we need to move down Steelers. Like, I, like I would. Yes, dude. That that, that offense is going to be yeah. able to. I mean, th- that offensive line as it is 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 bad. It's it's not going to get. They won't be able to rebuild it during Najee's whole rookie contract. Yeah. So I um I just I don't see how they would generate offense. That would make me not like it for Deontay. Even with Juju probably leaving and stuff. They um, did. They did discuss Deontay's contract. He was asked, uh, "Are you gonna are you gonna extend Deontay during the season?" Um, and he said that his focus was on the current free agent class, and then they don't they don't extend players uh, a year out, so that's not on their front t- uh, plate right now. So, I speaking of uh, tough quarterback questions, I did ask Dan Campbell about from of the Lions about what he asked him to. I said I know that all these quarterback classes are different, right? And so I know if I asked him, you know, what he thought about this quarterback class, he would have said like, oh, they're they're all different. They, you know, it's like. Each one is its own character and stuff like that. And so what I said was about, but you were with all six of the top seven, probably quarterbacks taken in the draft this year at the senior bowl. You coached three of them. So you have some familiar from familiarity. How do you describe this quarterback class? And he just, he had no answer. So I don't know whether that means he's trying to stay mum because they're looking quarterback, whether he kind of thinks they suck and he just didn't have a good way to say in it. Um, he ended up just saying he thinks they're all good football players, and you know that's how he would describe them. It's like you know, so not much of an answer from him. I think that the, well, the three that he coached them, I don't think they were the they were the bottom three, huh? The uh, which ones were the Lions? Oh, no, I guess Malik Howell and yeah, the Lions had the better Zappy. ones because they had yeah they had Zappy, they had Malik Willis, and they had and they had Howell. How how well Howell is okay, but they had Willis but, was the winner of the week. Right, so Wills was the winner of the week. He figured Pickett was probably second best. Howell was probably third. Yeah, and so, I mean they had the first and the third best, I think. 
So he at least got to see what he wanted to see, right? I'm sure they wanted to see. Uh, I think what's going to end up being is like everyone wants to see what Willis did, and he got the front row picture of Willis. So yeah, that'll be the, that'll be the turn of the tide. Is what, what happens? Um, he also said, just interestingly, he said the lines are going to like he was adamant saying the lines are going to try and bring in a, like a deep threat, like a like a, a perimeter threat to help the offense. Well, they have to. It's probably, it's probably not an endorsement for your guy Josh Reynolds. Oh, I'd like Josh Reynolds. Mike Evans once told you that he's going to be the next o- OBJ. Or was that Christian Kirk? It's Christian Kirk. What did what did Mike Evans tell you about Josh Reynolds? I don't think he told me anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but to me, dude, to me, it just means like they know that they need help at wide receiver, even if they bring somebody else out, uh, bring somebody else on. It, it doesn't sound like Josh Reynolds is going to be coming back because that was what he was supposed to be. I don't know if they're going to be able to pay Khalif Raymond any sort of uh, any sort of um, uh, uh, premium for anything he was able to compile this year, just to the yeah. dregs that they had. I think this just means Amon Ross St. Brown is going to continue to and talk to continue to just eat, eat like he I did. mean, if you got Jared Goff on our side, it doesn't matter who's going deep for you. It doesn't matter. I mean, I mean like, it, well, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to going to continue to feast. Uh, like Hawkins and Swift and St. Brown. Yeah, and they, they bring in yeah, like, man, one other guy. They um, and then, uh, let's see, other than that, man, I think that the, Oh, uh, I had the one other thing about the Texans. Do you want to talk about what McCarthy said about Pollard? Paul, yeah. He basically said that Pollard was a multi-positional, uh, athlete that they said they needed to get the ball in his hands more. They needed to use him in these, in these concepts a lot more. And they liked the duo of him and Zeke. Um, we're not yeah, they gonna, need to get their packages right. We're not going to get Tony Pollard freed for any kind of we're big action. And look, we've, we've talked to some Cowboys affiliated folks around here, and they believe that Zeke was banged up last year, and they believe that that's why he did not look as effective, and that's why he was so bad for his yards uh, created after contact, his force missed tackles, all the stuff that you'll hear people quote from the analytics community. They say that they're well aware of all that stuff, but he was not playing at 100%. They believe that Zeke. It's still what, uh, still what, still uh, Stephen Jones just calls the straw that stirs the drink there yeah. with the offense. They and they're much, much more concerned with things like edge, offensive line, you know, getting ahead of this kind of deteriorating offensive line than they are worrying about dedicating any resources to anything to do with Zeke. They feel like the one two punch they have with Pollard and Zeke is great. Um, for people who've been holding Pollard so long in Dynasty, just hoping, you know, wait till his contracts out. I, I think that they really love having both of them. And, and it could like it could just be something where we just got to wait a while and and R.I.P. Podfather for all for all his all his Tony Pollard stuff. Um, one last thing for me, just to talk, to, uh, getting to ask Nick Casario of the Texans about Rex Burkhead. I'm like, man, he's gonna be 32 next year. Is this guy is like is like is he gonna be your lead back? And he was pretty forthright. He said like, well, you know, Rex last year, you saw how he was down the stretch, but that was a lot more out of uh, necessity than really anything else that we were having to play him so much. Um, but, you know, he was good for us. And so we wanted to, kind of, they felt like they were kind of rewarding him when they gave him that extension in the next year for his good play down, down, down the stretch. He said, but you look at our roster, we have two other running backs on the roster. We have, we have, I mean, he's talking about all this. He's like, Brevin Jordan's our only tight end on the roster. We only have two other tight ends or we only have two other running backs on this roster besides Rex Burkhead. That is Scotty Phillips, and that is Darius Anderson. TCU. Um, yeah, and he said that uh, – now, Scotty Phillips is a little bit intriguing because we had on the Roster Watch podcast last week Drew Doherty from Texans TV and HoustonTexas.com, 
And he said that Scotty Phillips, before he got hurt last year, looked like the best runner that they had in all of training camp. Yeah. So Scotty Phillips, we need to make a note to get him on the dynasty, probably the top 250, just at the very bottom as a sort of a stash kind of player. But he said, look, I, I teed it up for Casario to say like, yeah, Rex is our guy. He's going to lead the backfield. What he th- he did not say that. He said, we, he said, we got to go out. We got to build this room in the off season. We got to see what we can put together. We have free agency. We have the draft. You know, if you look what we have right now, pretty bare bones stuff. How, but how poor, can we talk about that for one minute? Is it like how poor of a organizational decision is that to be like, all right, this, this, Fucking thirty-year-old running backs, the Patriots way. Is, but but again, this thirty-year-old. But I don't even care about that. Like bringing in, I get, I get them bringing in multiple guys. But like the way he worded it was, you know, he he helped us at the end of last season, which is when he signed the minimal contract. And so now you extend him with a with this outrageous contract for his age and his output because he helped you last season. It's like it was almost like the end. And then and I know you you track the undercover guys just like I do. And it was like all season. It was like they weren't playing Nico, they weren't playing Brevin, and then it was like finally the last three weeks of the season they threw him out there because they like had to. And it was like, why all season didn't we see uh, a Mills, Nico, Jalen Camp, uh, a Brevin, Scotty? Why was that not? And, and it, it kind of all molds together as saying like they're just making bad decisions. Like why would you resign Rex Burkhead? Why not go sign? You know, that's something that the Texans aren't used to doing. Go sign some make, young people. Make, You're at the stone right now. You're at the stone fucking decisions. floor. Go like you're restarting, restart the goddamn franchise and, and quit. Like, you know, why they traded DeAndre, they traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. I, I get that. I mean, you, like, you can't, you can't get inside <laughs> the heads of these fucking people. It's just, but and I'm you not saying this, like, just when you think about it, like you, for any Houston Texans fans out there, they're like, oh yeah, we're doing the right things. You're not, I'm sorry. You're not. I don't think any Houston Texans fans have that misconception. Let's go get some That's drinks, man. Let's case. go bet on some horses, man. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. You can follow Cody on Twitter at what? Carpentier NFL. At Carpentier NFL. You can follow Trashman and I at Rosterwatch. Find all of our content at rosterwatch.com. Find all of Cody's stuff over there at Player Profiler, man. We're so happy to be broadcasting here. We'll hope to do it every night. Hopefully we'll be here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We, I know we'll have quarterback wide receiver session Thursday night, so – Maybe it'll be hard to get anything done then, but hopefully we'll get something done again tomorrow. We appreciate you guys hanging out in the chat. We'll talk to you soon.